Welcome to Bite the Orange. Through our conversations, we create a roadmap for the future of health with the most impactful leaders in the space. This is your host, Dr. Manny Fumble. Let's make the future of healthcare a reality together. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bite the Orange. And today we have a very special guest. If you don't know about her, she's doing incredible things in the space of oncology. And so we, I'm honored today to welcome Whitney Isola to the show. Welcome, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. So Whitney, I know you are a co-founder of a fantastic company called Wiki Health, which we are going to learn more about. But for those that don't know about the company, know about you, let's talk by know who Whitney is. Who is Whitney? Sure, yeah. I am a registered dietitian by training. I had sort of a traditional career in healthcare in that I started in a community hospital and then made my way into outpatient practice and then worked my way up more operationally in a large New York City-based healthcare system. But all along the way, I just had that itch for doing something bigger and working on digital health-based projects. And so I ended up meeting my co-founders through some link through LinkedIn and through some consulting work. And we were all ideating in the same space about helping using digital health and telehealth solutions as leverage to reach more people. We started with the idea of like, why is it that people get really incredible quality care, like concentrated around large academic systems in big cities, as opposed to like just in their everyday and so we wanted to build something from the perspective of making it easier for like community practitioners to disseminate that same care. So, yeah. And then I guess personally, I have a young family. I have a one and a half year old and I love to cook and read and travel and do work around the house. All that fun stuff. <laughs> Which is quite incredible. So I know we talked earlier before the show, for those that don't know, we talked about the last name Isola. You mentioned it's from Argentina. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. We went to Argentina last year to visit some family and there's nothing better than just that relaxing life of the asado, having the asado going and having a pool. Everyone has a pool down there. Tango. It's very lovely. Yeah, and lots of tango. Tango dancing. So that's great. So I like that cultural aspect of it. And it's great to talk about these things a lot of times for listeners to understand the person behind these companies, right? They're not robots coming from somewhere to solve the problem. Is the people yeah. like you and I and everyone else that has this yeah. problem. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so in this particular case, Whitney is taking the unique background and experience and bringing out a great solution in this particular oncology space. But why oncology? Was it like a personal story? Uh, yeah. So one of our co-founders is an oncologist. And so having that expertise on board helped inform that decision. We also wanted to pick an area where People are very engaged with their care. And when you're starting a company and you have finite resources to get something off the ground, having like a high engagement community was critical for us. So that was also part of the decision making. Which is a statement that you make that cannot be ignored. I'll tell you, I spent time developing technologies in the healthcare space, but my background being in the cardiovascular space, it's very hard to convince people to go lose weight <laughs> or tell someone, hey. You, you don't have to tell me I'm a registered dietitian. <laughs> exactly. So behavior change is quite difficult, right? But when you yeah. come in the space yeah. of oncology and rare diseases, you actually have people that are very proactive and very engaged with urgent needs, right? You don't have the time. It's, uh, cancer is a clearly an urgent kind of situation. Correct. Right. So, so I, I, yes. Yeah, no, certainly. The company is Witty Health, but really the product is Onco Power. 
And so it's a it's a supportive cancer care community that's geared towards both patients and providers. The reason that we homed in on supportive care is because we just found that kind of connecting the dots for patients when they were outside of their like 15 minutes face to face with the practitioner was a missing piece. When they go to the doctor and they get their treatment plan and diagnosis and stuff, there's real decisions happening and there's other aspects of their care that are very meaningful during that face-to-face time. But all of the et cetera, like understanding nutrition, understanding symptom management, doing mindfulness and meditation activities, reflecting, journaling, speaking with caregivers, learning more about their treatment plans, their clinical trial options. Like these are all kind of these nuances to the type of care that they're getting that are very difficult for an oncologist to be able to do all of those things in such a short amount of time. We wanted to make sure that the oncologists could go ahead and do what they're best at and that these resources existed for patients outside of that, because really these are things that they can engage in from home at, while they're comfortable, they're on the couch, they're hanging out, you know, and like, that's real life. That's real help and treatment. Whitney, this is actually quite interesting. I have a very close family member that was recently diagnosed with cancer. And this was last year. They went through surgery and chemo and we're now going yeah. through a recovery process. But I'll tell you from the very first time when she was diagnosed, I had no idea what to do. I've never had someone I knew that had cancer. So it yeah. becomes infocagurous. It becomes like something like you and unique, right? And so what yeah. you have here is something very unique. First of all, I love the name of the product, Uncle Power, uh, right? Because at that time when you get diagnosed, first of all, the first time is shock, denial, right? So I think right. that the term is actually empowering to patients. But so basically okay. what you have here, you're building a community where I noticed you have about 5,000 plus subscribers, you have over 400 plus oncologists, and you have questions and answers, and you have over 150 plus helpful videos. So it's a community where you have clinicians and patients together, right? So is it Correct. like a Facebook page, like personalized or the highest yeah. level of this? It definitely uses that kind of familiar social media style format to it. It's a web-based platform and also an app, you know, right in your phone. There's a news feed. We see a ton of engagement on there. And then there's also more specialized tools that patients can engage with. For example, they can set up pill reminder services for themselves, you know, to try to help with treatment adherence. They can do a daily check-in tool, which is, it just gamifies a little self-reflection on physical and emotional status because there's some really great research about gratitude and the role that gratitude plays when people are facing cancer. And so we just wanted to create a digital opportunity for that, for patients to engage with each and every day, because the days are hard. But then when you look back at a week and you're like, you know what, I had more good days than bad days. And this is, it really helps. And we see people post that to the feed and then cheerlead each other on. So You can get as much of the clinical or not as you want when you engage with the community. But I would say the real compounding effect of the social and emotional support is what we get feedback from the community as like really making the difference. I I love that, Whitney. And I'll add to that the fact that you're bringing expert scientists with patients together because if you go on a random page online, 
everyone is telling you about some kind of new diet that they tried. And you're a dietitian. <laughs> I'm not making fun of diets, but yeah. I'm saying you hear no, all, kinds I know. Of, all the crazy things outside and things yeah. that you can try that comes from Egypt or folk from Cameroon or whatever it comes from, right? Yeah. It's magic no. pill, right? No, it's so it. true. <laughs> it's so true. I'm glad you mentioned that because like definitely part of us doing all of these expert interviews and trying to communicate a lot about what supplements are helpful or an approach to incorporating sugar and carbohydrates. Sugar becomes such a demon with oncology. And so, yeah, I always say we wanted to pull the information out of the cobwebs of the internet because <laughs> that's people go to like down these deep, dark holes. (laughs) And it's not, it's just for lack of knowing, for wanting to try to understand every option, right? It just comes from a place of looking for more information. Yeah. No, correct. And then you have people that also prey on people, right? Doing this, it's a very vulnerable moment, right? And so I like the fact that you have a trusted platform, which is not like a Facebook page. It's not just about community. It's the community, but also educate you, also connect you with experts, but right. what I found more fascinating about this with the, I was on your website last night and actually going around it, I looked at your clinical trial tool, which I thought was quite fascinating, first of all, right? So I literally right. went in, yeah. I clicked on clinical trials, and then I clicked the type of cancer, and then you went down, right? And I went in details, like you have ovarian yeah. and ovaries, and like you give the words that the average person can relate to when we look at these things, nothing scary, right? And then you had right. a clinical criteria, and I actually went through and I filled it out. You asked me for my location. A bigger location, and then imagine we studies around area. And he asked me if I could request to enroll in the study. Tell me about this process. I thought it's the best I've seen, and it's pretty thorough. As you can uh, tell, I'm passionate because I actually went through this. They, no, I I really appreciate that you did. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. When we first got into this space, we were really focused on supportive care, and the more I learned about clinical trials, the more I realized that. This needs to be more prominently talked about, and it needs to be part of the conversation earlier in a patient's cancer journey. It's not meant to be a last resort. There's so much amazing work going on, and innovation is just getting faster. The therapies and interventions that are being studied, they're always being compared to the standard practice. There's no such thing as just as placebo in cancer care. Unless, of course, there's no other option for treatment. And so I think that like just trying to communicate and give, you know, we started it off by doing some expert interviews and putting videos on the platform, just trying to help patients understand that this resource is available to them. And then what we did was leverage the APIs from clinicaltrials.gov. So we're getting new and updated information every single day. But we're filtering it in such a way that it's, A, automatically interacting with the patient's profile inputs. So they don't, if they've already filled out some of their own profile in app, then they don't have to redo that work when they engage with the clinical trials aspect of the platform. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's incredibly overwhelming. If you go to clinicaltrials.gov, you're going to see 60,000 studies going on, (laughs) but in Just filtering down just even a little bit and getting maybe 200 results instead of 2,000 results that are relevant to you, it's at least a starting point. And we do have an oncology nurse that every single person that says I'm interested in a study, she follows up one-on-one and really helps handhold the patient through and 
helps them understand the inclusion and exclusion criteria. And you know what, if they're very interested in the study, but maybe that doesn't turn out to be the right one, she, you know, helps with the handholding there. So there's a lot of really nice automations built in, but then we do have that personal touch when it comes to the point of next steps and really making sure that the patient feels supported through that. Absolutely, along with these platforms, I'll tell you, with, with that, not because I'm talking to you right now, but I think you have the best solution I've seen for clinical trial recruitment. Like, I, I mean, I've looked at clinicaltrials.gov myself. I've been in <laughs> multiple studies and I posted on clinicaltrials.gov. It's yeah. scientists and it's very cumbersome, right? The average person right. is not, it's not the right. best UX design in the world. Okay, this is like <laughs> right. going to, to the, the old school right. library and just, hey, this is everything here. <laughs> but I love how you ask the exclusion criteria. Another important part is, not every study looks for the same endpoint, right? I could be a patient and I, my interest could be, I want better quality of life, right? Someone else could be decreased tumor size, right? But I think through your support and guidance with what you've automated and your nurse, patients not only can pick a study, but pick a study that matters to them. Last point here, when I was going through your Q&A yesterday, doing research in prep for our conversation today, I also noticed that you have a great Q&A piece and something you mentioned earlier about patients being concerned about being on the placebo arm. Of this, right. right? And I think you gave a great response on there, which basically said in most oncology studies, the control arm is not placebo. It's probably standard of care, correct? Yeah. I, honestly, even having a career in healthcare, I genuinely didn't know that before last year, before we started developing this tool and before we started focusing in on some of the education for the community. And so it just opened my eyes to the fact that, I don't know, it's always presented in media and in life as like this last resort option, but really starting to take some of those steps to understand options earlier is always a good thing. So how does someone go about, so now we established that the product is incredibly amazing and we want to support. So I'm a listener and I hear about this and I say, hey, how do I join the platform or how do I get involved? Do I, so I download the app, how does this work? Yeah, you can go to either of the app stores and download OncoPower. It's a free app to download. There's just one spot on the app that's like a second opinion service. That's the only service that's behind a paywall. Everything else about the community is completely free. And if you are an oncologist or provider, you can also leverage your Doximity profile to verify your credentials very quickly and easily. If you don't have a Doximity profile, you'll just have to send us some documentation because obviously maintaining the credibility of that pool of people joining is important. Yeah, those are, it's pretty simple and easy. You could also go to oncopower.org and sign up with one of the buttons that are right there on the website. So perfect. So I also noticed that you have innovative care with Oncopower Premium. That's is that like a subscription-based like Yeah. Offering? So Oncopower Premium is that one tool that I mentioned that's behind a paywall. It's, it's either $50 for a one-time question or $30 a month as a subscription to be able to ask whatever amount of questions you want. And those questions just get asynchronously routed to a panel of practitioners. We have 12 or 15 experts that help answer questions. And so if you ask a nutrition-based question, a registered dietitian will get back to you. If you ask a surgical question, an oncology surgeon will get back to you. If you ask a breast question, an oncologist that specializes in breast will get back to you. It's just a nice service for patients in terms of getting second opinions. There's going to the doctor and getting 
your nice formal 14-page second opinion from Mayo Clinic or Cleveland Clinic or MD Anderson. And then there's like just getting more opinions. And that's what we're trying to serve. Which is something that's very important in this space by giving that opportunity for people to have second opinions. So right now, is the app only available in the United States or is it something that people around the world can get access to and download? No, good. Yeah, good question. It's actually available globally. We see about 80% of our user base based here in the U.S. It's only in English. It's not translated into any other languages. So we do see a lot of users from like English speaking countries. So Canada, UK, South Africa, quite a bit from the Philippines. But yeah, it is available Globally, obviously, some of what we offer in terms of like services and recommendations are very skewed to the U.S. because our providers are here in the U.S., but we make that pretty transparent. And generally, people are engaging in such a way that doesn't it doesn't limit their interaction. I know you guys raised in 2017. I think you launched in 2018, right? So it's been about four or five years you've been doing this, right? So actually, yeah, the company is, we formed in 20, early 2017. I will say though, we started developing a product with the tech developer that was, ended up turning over a relatively junky product. And so <laughs> just to be totally transparent. It, it, it happens. It's part of the entrepreneurial yeah. experience. It's hard. It's because we all of our like critical formation team, like we were all more healthcare based and not IT tech based. And we did find the right tech partner. And unfortunately, we lost probably like two plus years of time and obviously some financial resources. But we restarted from scratch, essentially, although I will say it did give us some time to really flush through ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we've been very, I would say, meaningfully in the market and like actively marketing a nice product since early 2021. So two full years now. All that's fantastic. So we can't expect you to be in every country and every language in the meantime. But I'm sure as time progresses, as listeners, if you listen, you want to help translate, please. I'm sure we can not mind jumping into your market. So right now, as we wrap up, what's your ideal customer right now? If someone's listening from a business perspective, I know you can make revenues from the subscription model piece with one pays premium. Honestly, the subscription model is really not our core revenue stream. We uh-huh. are actively seeking clinical trial recruiting success-based contracts for getting the word out to and our user base. And we're also doing very targeted marketing on behalf of companies that are either trying to target a small cohort of patients or get news out about their medical device or patient survey type opportunities. So that's our B2B client base, so to speak. We're still so much in growth mode. So if you are a cancer patient, a cancer caregiver, a cancer advocate, or a cancer care provider, you know, an oncologist, check us out, look us up, see if we can be a resource for your patients or, you know, if you're an advocacy group for your organization, because we're actually expanding the role types in app, those changes will actually go live. I think this either later this week or next week, but we really want to create more opportunity for all of these very valid organizations to reach our users and 
vice versa for our users to have a one-stop shop to get a lot of different types of resources. We also actually recently teamed up with Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company and created a medication savings feature in the app. And now the patients can get a little bit more information. For example, if they log a pill reminder and that medication is available for cheaper through the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company, then they'll get a nice little button that pops up that says you want to explore medication savings. So I see us as this facilitator of high quality information. It's incredible what you've done, Whitney. I think this is a one-stop shop indeed. If you're a patient, you come on the platform. If you're a clinician, your caregiver, I think is a place you come to actually come learn, engage with other people like-minded like yourself. You can learn a lot about your particular disease. You got participating clinical trials. But I think also something to add, uh, Whitney, to what you, I think if you're a CRO as well, you can also reach out uh, to Whitney because I think you're fantastic mm-hmm. in identifying patient clinical trials. If you're a life science company or any other company working on this kind of research, I think Uncle Power is a great product, a great platform for you to come to actually identify these patients. And you are not limited to any particular kind of cancer. You're actually across the board. You're not limited by geography. Okay. If it's an English-speaking country, you're definitely open to that. You have lots of patients on the platform already somewhere. And you're also a female entrepreneur. And I think it's great to support female entrepreneurs to make sure <laughs> that your business grows in a particular <laughs> piece. What do you Thank think? you. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> that's right. And that's a great way to wrap up this podcast. So thanks for having me on the show, Whitney. So Thank every you listener, so much for having me. Yeah, that's you. great. And I'd like to check in with you again in the initial period of time to see how yeah, things are going. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sure. Thank you very All much. All right. Thank you. Have a great right. day. You All too. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bite the Orange. If you want to change healthcare with us, please contact us at info at emmanuelfobu.com or you can visit us at emmanuelfobu.com or bitetheorange.com. If you like this episode and want more information about us, you can also visit us at emmanuelfobu.com. Mm-hmm.